You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Father Paul Rutten. And you're listening to Real Presence Live this morning. We're broadcasting from the Mustard Seed Catholic Store in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we're changing direction and heading over to talk with Andrew Bartell and Emily Leadham. Good morning, both of you. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being on the air with us. So we have a very interesting interview this morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll begin with a difficult question. If you were to die today, would you and your family be ready? So... Who wants to speak on the reality of this? <laughs> Go ahead, Andrew. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's one of those subjects that we really don't like to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of look at it as like we have a love-hate relationship with death. Um, right. We really don't like it. We fear it. We, we don't want to experience it. And yet we love it because we know it's the only way to be reborn with Jesus Christ. Right. And so we have to love it. Um, so it's a very awkward, awkward topic for us because mm-hmm. we know we're going to go through it. You know, no one's going to avoid it. Right. But it's also something that we want to avoid as long as we possibly can. Well, and I think and you're so speaking so so much truth because even just starting this segment, we're all giggling and laughing because it makes us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It, it does. And I think it, part of the reason that we're uncomfortable in that is because um, there's this reality of our family members and, and are we, do we have things ready and what's that going to look like when we're gone? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, have I lived a life, have I, have I lived a life well that my children or my grandchildren or my family um, and friends are going to be able to point to my life and say, that's a life well lived. I also think that uh, sometimes when we plan our funerals, it's a sign like we don't want to live anymore. Like people yeah. have this idea like, Father, don't think about that. And I'm like, well, it's going to happen. Mm. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's not that I want it to happen today, although some days you're like, okay. Heaven uh, <laughs> would but, be nice. But I do think that, that when people talk about their funeral, it seems, it morbid. just seems morbid. And mm-hmm. like, don't you want to live? And I'm like, well, absolutely. But for me, what I've discovered is if you've had to deal with funeral plans when you weren't prepared, it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think when people begin to realize this actually is a service for everyone else, Mm -hmm. like to just Mm -hmm. help them. There's so many decisions and so many questions and all of this emotion. And if you can just have right there, it all just sort of laid out like, okay, well, we know what mom's wishes, dad's wishes, my brother's wishes. We know what their wishes are yeah, and -hmm. we can fulfill them. Well, and I'm kind of interested to hear um, from you, Andrew, because you have something that can help us out with all of this. Exactly. I mean, well, it's, it's not just me. It's also Emily as well. I mean, we, we've created a partnership um, between the foundation and the diocese because we each used to address parts of end-of-life planning. And instead of, okay, go here for this part, go here for this part, we're like, why don't we put it all together for people so that you have it in one workbook so you don't have to go around running around trying to find out all the information Hmm. so we've tried to make it as comprehensive and as easy as possible to put it into one material and it's just 
an easy way and then just the the idea of a workbook is just to slowly walk you through step by step the end of life planning process. What are all of the things that you need to make sure that you have done? What are the things that you should consider? What are the things that you should reflect upon as you are walking through this journey? And it's really is it, it's a walking journey. And mm-hmm. the great thing is, I mean, we're here to walk through the journey with you as well. So, I, don't know, I think one of the things that I would, more about your part. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I think Andrew, that's the perfect way to say it. Is it's it's really this walking with and. Um, when, when myself and the Catholic Community Foundation, Andrew and Katie Fritz kind of first sat down together, one of the things that we were really passionate about bringing forward was how do you go through this process with the lens of the Catholic faith? Does that make sense? You know, so how do Mm -hmm. I look at my funeral planning? How do I look at my estate planning? How do I look at my obituary by, uh, I mean, you name it, financial things, everything. How do I look at that but through the lens of the Catholic faith? Um, uh, healthcare decisions is a big one. You know, I get, I get uh, phone calls to my office um, all the time with either from individuals themselves or from children or grandchildren saying, you know, my mom, uh, my, my grandmother is kind of coming to the end of her life, we think. Um, she has this, this, and this, and we don't know what to do. You know, we don't know morally speaking, what the best options are. Technology has exploded in the last 50 years, but oftentimes that leaves us as Catholics with kind of these questions of um, ethics and, and what, do we, what do we do with, with these questions. So we wanted it to be comprehensive in that regard as well. So people that are, you know, the faithful that are in our parishes um, that are kind of wrestling with these questions would have a resource, an education resource, but then also a place to put down those wishes, again, through the Catholic lens. One of my favorite pages in the entire workbook is uh, it's kind of a journal page uh, with a series of questions laying out um, and, and in evoking the, the uh, participants, essentially, to kind of reflect on their lives. Um, when have I felt closest to Christ? Hmm. What has been some of the greatest suffering of my life? Um, where, what do I feel like the greatest gifts that God has given me? What are those greatest gifts, and how have I used them? You know, so just really like it's it's meant to be kind of this spiritual process, and and again, as Andrew said, that that walking with that it's not just putting down account numbers, bank account numbers, and where do you find this in the safe, and you know where is this item going to go or this item going to go, but rather it's actually like inviting us to be a steward in the end-of-life process. Hmm. That's beautiful. So does it also walk through some of the technicalities as far as church doctrine goes and the church teachings with end-of-life issues? Yeah, so we have a section within there. Um, really, it's, it's literally, I think, called Catholic Healthcare, or, or um, Catholic Healthcare Decisions, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some terminology that's laid out, so that's that's one of the big obstacles for people is, okay, what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. You recommend a durable power of attorney over something. Right. And then and we actually include a supplemental guide that goes a bit more into the Church's teachings and, and a lot of uh, quotes from John Paul II that kind of um, unpack some of those questions. 
I, I think that's really valuable. Um, for those of you that are just tuning in, um, you're listening to Real Presence Live, and Father Paul Rutten and I are talking with Andrew Bartell and Emily Leadham, and they're talking about an end-of-life planning workbook that can help us um, do that, plan the end of our lives, and to not be so afraid of it. So, Andrew, from a legal aspect, what should we be aware of? Well, there's a lot of things that happen when both while you're alive and after you've passed away um, that need to be taken care of for you. Um, so there's a lot of things. So during your lifetime, you want to make sure you have all your documents and everything to take care of yourself when you're not able to. Um, so someone else is going to have to make medical and financial decisions for you if you become incapacitated. And that person is going to need to be fully prepared and have all the kind of legal authority that they need to actually take care of your things for you so that your bills don't go unpaid and your lights get turned off. Um, Things like that that you want to make sure that happen. Hmm. And then it completely changes, you know, 360 degrees. When you pass away, it's now, okay, how are we going to administer and leave this legacy of that you want to leave behind, you know, what gifts do you want to give to people? Um, how do you want things to be properly administrated? It's actually, I was, I was working with someone, and, and after she looked at everything that has to be taken care of after she passed away, she said, it's a lot of work to die. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. in our society today, it is a lot of work to die. It's not just, you know, a funeral mass and then a burial, and then you go on. There's a lot of paperwork afterwards, and someone has to take care of that. And so you want to make it as easy as possible for that person, for your loved one. Um, The more planning and the more work that you can actually do ahead of time, the easier and less of a burden it becomes on whomever has to take care of all of that paperwork and all of that administration after after you've passed on. It really becomes a gift to that person to have it all pre-planned yeah. and to have things laid out for them. Well, and is it crazy to think that not necessarily your favorite person would be in charge of all of that uh, technical paperwork, but maybe the person's whose personality no. fits it best? Yeah. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be the same thing for, for all of the different roles. So we talked about there being a healthcare power of attorney. And you could have one person that you just trust the they know how you want to apply Catholic teaching to your end-of-life medical decisions, and it's great to put that person on as your medical power of attorney. And there's another person who, you know what, they're just super detailed, they're super organized. I know they'll make sure that any bills need to get paid. I'm going to make that person my financial power of attorney because, you know what, they thrive on numbers. And then there could be another person who you want to be your personal representative who is the person who, after you pass away, takes care of all of the administration, all of the, you know, distributions from your estate that need to be made. Um, They don't have to be the same people. And the benefit is they can reach out to others to ask for help. Mm -hmm. You know, it's ultimately their decision, but we also remind them, you're not alone. You're never alone. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you have a healthcare power, if you're making a struggling with a medical decision. You can reach out to Emily, myself, your priest, and ask them, give me some help, give me some guidance. 
you know, what would the, you know, what are the church parameters on, on some of these issues? You can always ask for that expert opinion. Well, we only have about a minute left, Emily and Andrew. Um, where can people find this end-of-life planning workbook? Yeah, so we are just getting it up and running on the diocesan website, which um, it'll be hosted at sfcatholic.org backslash respectlife. So SiouxFallsCatholic.org backslash respectlife. Or if you're looking to bring a seminar, really one of the, the primary ways that we're hoping to get this information out is to come and visit your parish. Um, because, again, you're not meant to do it alone, and to do that kind of in partnership with your pastor uh, and other people in your community, and we're, we're finding it to be a really powerful thing. So um, we would also love to come to your parish, and we'll, and we'll bring along these workbooks um, and really present the material. It's, it can be a bit overwhelming. Like we said, we try to make it very comprehensive. So it can be a bit overwhelming, but we want to come and, and walk with you in it. And so um, in the context of a presentation, I think it's probably the most effective way to really receive um, all of the education and the material. Wonderful. And you guys both are, where, where can they find your information to get in touch with you for maybe one of those seminars? Yes, both of us are on the diocesan website, so sfcatholic.org. Um, you'll be able to navigate to the Catholic Community Foundation for Andrew's contact there. Um, or myself um, at the Marriage Family Respect Life page, um, or just call the diocese. And, and Marianne at the front desk will definitely find us. She's great about that. So um, that's probably the easiest way to find us. All right. Well, thank you so much, Emily and Andrew, this morning for sharing this wonderful workbook with us. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you. you so Have much. a great day. All right. Well, taking a break, and up next, we want to know, Want to know about the fun events in your area? Stay tuned for our 10-minute tour. And later in the show, it's known as the Marion Blue Wave. What is it? Hmm. Stay tuned to find out. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Father Paul Rutten. And you're listening to Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 